When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble, with exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. Tom Bernard Show with Andy Brent Bernard. And Cassie Schrader. And we'll be right back. Hour three, Tom Bernard Show. Michael Bryant, Brad Sean Bryant, what's the latest? Well, basically, we're trying to represent people who have been hurt and talk to them before they talk to an adjuster. Uh, one of the key points is to make sure you know what your rights are before you start talking to the insurance company and they start asking you questions or they try to settle your case early and cheap. Well, what's interesting to me is, you know, a lot of people have fear of attorneys. It makes them very uncomfortable. They get nervous about it. What should I do? I've known Michael for years and years now, and I would highly recommend you. So that should be good enough for everybody because I don't endorse people who are dirtbags. Well, I, I appreciate that. Um, but I guess the key is, is people think I'll charge them if I talk to them. Right. So a lot of people call me up. It's like, how much is this going to cost if you call me back? Like, you want me to call you back? How much will that cost? I don't charge people. The only way I get paid is if we recover, um, if we get money from the, the other side. And there's a lot of people I talk to that I never get paid for that are just part of giving them advice to make sure they know what they can do and what their rights are. And your record's terrific as well, we should point out. Well, it works. It's been good. It's been good, ladies and gentlemen. It's been good. And how do they contact you? uh, Either through our website, which is minnesotapersonalinjury.com, minnesotapersonalinjury.com, or at 800-770-7008. Michael Bryant, Bradshaw, and Bryant. Walzer Automotive is a Minnesota family-owned business. It started in the 50s. It's grown by leaps and bounds, especially in the past few years, and they now have 23 dealerships spread across two states. The Walzer way includes upfront, no-haggle pricing on every single new and used vehicle they sell. If you change your mind, no problem. Check out Walzer's three-day return and 30-day exchange policy. I'm a customer, my family are customers, and many of my friends have bought cars from them. The Walzer way is really different, and I know you'll be pleasantly surprised. For great deals on new or used Acura, Audi, Buick, BMW, Chevrolet, Chrysler, Dodge, GMC, Honda, Hyundai, Jaguar, Jeep, Land Rover, Lexus, Mazda, Mercedes, Mini, Nissan, Porsche, Ram, Subaru, or Toyota, go to Walzer.com, Walzer Automotive Group, Walzer.com. Some people call me the space cowboy, yeah. Some call me the gangster of love. All right, I got to run this by you too because you would know much more about this than I know. Okay. People are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat filters. What? What the hell uh, is that all about? Well, I don't know what that means. If you want to look like a puppy dog with your yeah, tongue there's like out. the dog, there's the cat, there's <laughs> the That's bunny. Exactly what it is? What? Yep. Uh, they they're getting 
So, is it possible to have a plastic surgeon make it look like you're permanently vomiting up rainbows? According to three dermatologists from the Boston University School of Medicine, there's a big increase in the number of people who are getting plastic surgery to look like Snapchat filters. If you're not familiar, Snapchat lets you alter your pictures or video with different filters that add special effects to your face, like making your eyes huge or making you look like a glowing angel or whatever. Doctors say, quote, Snapchat, uh, Snapchat dysmorphia has patients seeking out cosmetic surgery to look like filtered versions of themselves with fuller lips, bigger eyes, or a thinner nose. This is an alarming trend because those filtered selfies often present an unattainable look and are blurring the line of reality and fantasy for these patients. Don't they? They're goofy-looking little things, aren't they? They are. Yeah. Well, yeah. well, can't the plastic surgeon just say no? I mean, they don't have to give them the surgery. Why, why, why wouldn't they say no? You're absolutely right. Yeah, if they're I, really mentally ill, then, yeah, they shouldn't be getting the surgery in the first place because the surgeon should have the, you know, that should be part of the whole Hippocratic Oath. That is bizarre. I don't... I don't even know how someone would go about getting plastic surgery to look like a Snapchat filter. Yeah, bigger eyes isn't really do. But, I mean, technically, I guess, but it would be quite the surgery. Well, they do have that where, yeah, you they even have that on phones where you can manipulate your face. Like on a regular yeah. filter, mm-hmm. you can make your face look thinner or your eyes oh, bigger. You can. But... <laughs> It's Snapchat. Oh, but, it's almost like anime eyes. They're huge. Yeah, and that's not happening. And it doesn't look natural. I don't know I why it is. So. <laughs> I would want to walk around. You can actually make your eyes look like that with just makeup. Well, I remember that woman that had so much surgery to make herself look like a cat. Yeah. yeah. And ended up looking like a monster. Well, there's that one broke, gal, too. too, that they call her the human Barbie. And oh, yeah, yeah, she's I've had seen her. so many surgeries, but a lot of the way her face looks is by makeup when she takes her face. Oh, it's know, a makeup like, thing. Yeah, you can do a lot of contouring and yeah, type of makeup true, yeah. to make her fa- her face looks plastic. Though even her eyes look fake, but it's all makeup. That does make sense. Yeah. I never really thought I was addicted to any apps because I'm not, actually. Until I spotted this discussion online and I realized I, I'm, no, I'm not actually, I can't lie to you. Other people are. People on Gizmodo.com are sharing the apps they hate, but they just can't quit. And believe it or not, it's not just social networks, although those, those, those are definitely the most popular answers. Here are the apps that came up the most. Instagram, just an endless fire hose stream of mildly interesting content. You guys go on Instagram? Nope. Uh, I don't much because, <laughs> I don't know, I... To me, it's um, it's just photos. It's not really personal, right. and right. it's kind of hard to decipher. Like when you try and have a conversation with somebody, it's very bizarre. So I don't know. I don't really go on it that much. Facebook, a toxic hot mess, but the only way I can keep track of what people are doing. Yeah, I would agree. It is a toxic hot mess. I have no interest in going on Facebook or Twitter ever again. I like. Fa- I mean, I like them because. Um, but you got to use them in a positive way. Yeah, yeah. that'd yeah. be nice. Well, if people did it in a positive way, I could talk to my the listeners to the show. Yeah, same that'd be with nice. Twitter. But well, I used to talk to you on Twitter. Yeah, but you're gonna. Yeah, you always have a few rotten apples that'll spoil the bunch. Right, no doubt about it. Ways when it gives you great directions, it's amazing, but it's filled with pop ups, and every once in a while, it totally screws you with a terrible route. Well, any GPS, <laughs> yeah, does that's that. Dave and I. <laughs> He uses Waze. I use Google Maps. So I'm Team Google Maps. He's 
ways. And he's like, it's so much better, blah, blah, blah. But every time he uses it, it screws him up on where he's going. Uh (laughs) So I'm like, Google Maps. Google Maps. Yeah. Pokemon Go, does anybody do that anymore? My kids do. do the, oh, do oh, they yeah? really? Yeah, they, it gets that. them out of the house. Do they well, play Pokemon Go every day? Yeah, oh god, that song. <laughs> what is uh, that? When po- I play Pokemon oh. Go every day. <laughs> oh, I'm getting flashbacks of horrible. <laughs> it's pretty bad, huh? I do what Pokemon? I play Pokemon Go every day. Every day. So yep. are they trying to speak English and can't? I uh, it's just some oh, chav blah, kid. Blah, 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 blah. Yeah. I think he was. Isn't he like Norwegian or something? Oh, is he? Oh, yeah. His name is Misha. That's pretty Norwegian. Yeah. Oh my God. When that <clears throat> song came out, I literally wanted to take my kids' phones. And throw them up against the wall. I heard they that actually constantly. They, they liked it like genuinely. Yeah. Wow. And they would play wow. it. While I like it Pokemon because it's. Go. I like it because it's so bad. Yeah, they they would sit. I would never listen and to walk, it. And you could hear it on their phone as they're Jeez. playing Pokemon Go, going to the little mm. Pokey stops, mm-hmm. and and I'm like, shut that song <laughs> off. <laughs> you handle it really well. Huh? And it was so bizarre when when Pokemon Go started. I had no idea. And all of a sudden, and where I lived at the time, it we had It really a, did become huge overnight. Yeah, and we have a we had a park behind the house, our backyard back up to a yeah, park yep. with oh, walking was there paths. A Pokemon Center or whatever there. There was like groups of like 20 adults yeah, walking I around remember. and they all had their phone. I'm like, "What is going on? People stopping in front of the house and like looking at their phone. I'm like, "What is this?" And then my kids explained it to me. I'm like, "Oh, yeah, like 25-year-olds would like yeah. form hordes and just go yeah. around. And I then they get yeah. bored like a week later because... Yeah, it was bizarre. Uh, <laughs> it's Tony Price. Tony! That's me. What are you doing, man? I'm trying to stay cool. What are you doing? Are you playing Pokemon Go right now? Because we're talking about it. No, no, I never did quite understand the... The draw. I didn't either. What's the attraction to I Pokemon Go? don't get it. They said that it was like, you know, it encourages walking or whatever, and I guess it does, but I don't know. Well, listen, where, where I'm at, you want to be encouraged to find some air conditioning and sit down and read a good book or something. Where are you? Alaska. Phoenix. Oh, you're oh, in Phoenix, Phoenix yeah. yeah. A, little, a little toasty, man. Yeah, Arizona can get kind of warm. Yeah, I left San Antonio, Texas. <clears throat> Saturday morning at the crack of dawn and rode across. See, first, I should probably apologize. Everybody heard me say that it's unbearable, unbearable to drive a motorcycle in a big city and stop at all the stoplights yeah, when it's 95 yeah. degrees out. Because, man, I'm I'm sitting here with Kate, a gold star mom. We spent the last two hours together here in the Phoenix area. And she said, oh, it's only 105 today. It's not that bad. <laughs> well, there you go. <laughs> Yeah, I, I but do. man, it's it's hot. That's way way too hot, man. No it's, doubt, it's definitely too hot today. But uh, we're going to figure out a way to deal with it. I've only got a couple minutes. I can talk to you. Okay. Um, however, Kate, the Gold Star widow, did that I've been with for the last two hours. Did say that she wouldn't mind saying hi if you wanted to say that hi. That'd be to wonderful. Us. I'd love to talk to. Kate. And then, and believe it or not, my wife was going to show up here today and ride with me for a while. So I'm really? looking forward to going. Yep, oh, that's she's pretty. Good got two dude. days off, so. That's really good news. That's wonderful. That's 
phenomenal. I've been on the road for a long time. When was the last time you saw me? About three months ago. <laughs> 36 days ago? Yeah, that's about right. Yeah, 30, that's right. 36 days ago, I left Minnesota. So, yeah, well, let me turn it over to Kate. You can ask her whatever you want. She's a Gold Star Widow from Iraq and, and lives here in Phoenix, okay? She lives in Phoenix. All right. Kate, how are you? All right. Hi, Tom. Hi, Kate. How are you doing? I'm good. Now, how long have you been living in Phoenix? Um, a little over two years now. Two two years. So you you lost your loved one. Uh, you're a gold star. Uh-huh. Uh huh. I lost. He uh, was killed in action. Twenty September two thousand six. God, twelve years ago. Yep, twelve years. Well, the reason I say that is you sound like you're about twenty one right now. <laughs> uh, no, I'm pushing sixty. Are you really? God, you sound very youthful yep. for sixty years old. Definitely. So who Thanks. did you who did you lose? My uh, husband. Your husband, and he had, was he a lifetime uh, a lifetime uh, serviceman? He was a reservist. He had thirty one years in. Jeez, thirty one years, and and where where did he die? You said in uh... um, Baghdad, Iraq. I'm Bag- told Seder City, but I, I I don't I I really don't know. So what's that like when you get that call, Kate? That uh, they that, or is it a call, or do they come to your house, or how do they tell? They you? come to your house. That's what they I thought. They come to the, your house. So they you... come to your house, and they well, most time they knock on the door. But for me, I had I was at school. I was I'm a English teacher. Oh, okay. I was at the time I was teaching high school English, and um, my son called me at work, and he said. Mom, and I hung up on him because I was busy, and then he called me back, and he said, Mom, there's a chaplain here, and then I knew I had to get home, mm, yeah, so then I raced yeah. home, and I got out of the car, and um, it happened to be a, a, another master sergeant that um, Rob and I were friends with, Oh, um, Master Sergeant Brazel and his wife, and Rob and I would had gone out to dinner, and you know, they worked together and all that, so I, had, I knew Rolly, and... Um, he just took my elbow and led me in the house and sat me down on the couch. And I kept asking, what's going on? What's... And he finally got turned around and got down on me in front of me. And I, and for a minute I go, why is he proposing? Cause you know, <laughs> yeah, right. Right. And I go, but you're married. I'm thinking you're married. I'm married. What's going on? And then he told me, and I just kind of sat there for a minute or two, not really comprehending what was going on. Mm-hmm. And then it, hit me and so then I turned into a bloody mess of tears. I would imagine that's true. I um, so God, I, there's so many questions I, I'd love to ask you about this whole situation. Um, when's the last time you had seen your husband before you got the news? Um, he was home on his two weeks. I think he left to go back on the 6th of July, and last time I saw him was at the airport, the Portland International Airport. Oh, so you were in Portland? Yeah, we, I lived in Portland. He was out of Fort Lewis. Um, I we took him to the airport, got to go to the gate with him. He was the last one on the plane. Um, that's a long story, but and I watched the plane take off, and... Because at Portland, there's an area where you can watch a plane take off. Yeah, yeah. And I was watch. I watched his plane take off because I 
ran down the concourse until I could get there. So I watched it take off and I watched it until I couldn't see it anymore. And the minute it, I couldn't see it anymore, it just kind of hit me. I'm never going to see you again, am I? Really? What do you yeah. think that was all about, Kate? Excuse me? What do you think that was all about? Why did you have that feeling? Um, I think I was being prepared. So it might happen, so you prepared for it in case it did happen. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I'm sorry you had to and go I, through all that. That's terrible. You know, and I have a friend that she had the same thing the last time she saw him. Saw him he, Rob gave her a hug, and she hugged him back, and went to go talk to her husband, and, and it hurt. Sherry goes, thought to herself, I'm never going to see him again. Really? So, yeah. That must be horrible. So you had She that... never told me. Oh, so she did? It was okay. good. She never told me until after after we, you know, we were informed that he had been killed. So God, that's That was good. Yeah, I said, yeah, well, it's good she didn't tell you that. So so between that time that that plane took off and you found out he he had died, how how long was that? Um um two and a half months. Two, just Maybe. two and a half months. All right. So, yeah. And you carried that with you for two and a half months. You Did you think about it every day or a couple of times a week or once a week? How often did you think of that? Um, every time I drove home and up my street and I didn't see any kind of unfamiliar cars when I pulled into the driveway, I thought, I'm in the clear. I'm good today. Really? Every day you did that? Every day. God, that's amazing. And I've never told anybody that. You're the first person I've ever told that. Well, thank you for telling us. That's an amazing story. And I'm sorry for your loss, obviously. And and I'm sorry you had to meet Tony. But other than that, no, Tony's I'm glad I got to meet Tony. He's a nice guy. (laughs) He is a really good guy. He's he's trying to get the word out about Gold Star families. Yep. You go to anybody on the street and you say, do you know what a Gold Star family is? And they go, no. No. No, nobody knows. You're absolutely right. All right, so. Kate, keep an eye on Tony. Thank you so much for sharing your story. That's that's a hell of a story, Kate. I appreciate your time today. You're welcome. Thanks you have a, a good day. You too. Two and a half months, thought of it every day. That must have been unbelievable, unbearable. We'll be back. Tom Bernard Show. Just like all of you, I'd been hearing about my pillow and was skeptical that it's as great as everyone says. Well, I received my first my pillow, and I love it because I have a pretty big melon, pretty big head, and my pillow will prop it right up. I can get my neck aligned, and I sleep very well because of it. Mike Lindell, the inventor of My Pillow, has a very special offer for my listeners. My Pillow is offering buy one My Pillow and get another absolutely free. Don't delay. Order now. This offer expires August 1st. If you're looking for a great night's sleep, now is the perfect time to get your first My Pillow. If you already know how great the My Pillow is, why not give them to everyone you know? Call 800 516 5146. Use the promo code TOM or go to MyPillow.com, but make sure to use the promo code TOM. Call 1-800-516-5146 and use promo code TOM. Tom here for Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning. When you call Sabre for service, you'll get a certified technician that's an expert at diagnosing, repairing, and installing heating and air conditioning equipment. Sabre Techs give you the service you need, not the other stuff that you don't need. When you combine that with Sabre's A rating for customer service and the best equipment from Bryant, you get exactly what you need. So make the call to Sabre Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning today. Sabre and Bryant, whatever it takes. 
I love this song. I do too. It's a great song. I Not like Bruce. I don't. I don't care for him at all. Oh, but really? I love this song. I think he's more, I mean, to me, he almost has that modern Bob Dylan. No, I understand that. Yeah, I understand what you're saying. Yeah. I just, you know, I don't, songs like Glory Days are just too simple for me. Oh, see, I like it. I like the oh, wow, People love it. Yeah. No doubt about it. But he got very, very political, and I got really tired of that yeah, very I, quickly. I'm not a huge fan. I mean, I understand they have a platform to, yeah, that's right. you know, that's say right. stuff. But it's like, don't polarize yourself on, you know, just try and maybe just stay positive if you want to be political. That'd be good. Positive um, be Because some of these celebrities, singers, they get so um, one-sided and... They, yeah. I mean, look at Madonna, for instance, when they had that woman's march. <laughs> yeah. Wasn't she talking about blowing up the White House? Oh, uh, like, yeah. You, yep. have, yeah. you have a huge responsibility being a public figure. Don't do that. Yeah, Don't because who things. knows if they, she has some follower who's like, blow up the White House, eh, Madonna? Exactly. Want me to I, do think, that? I think maybe I will. Because, like, um, who was it that had that fan who, like, killed someone to, like, Prove his love to her. Oh, to impress her, yeah. That was, yeah. um, oh, gosh. Uh, the hell's her Jody name? Jodie Foster. He's yeah. the one who attempted assassination on President Ronald Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. So, oh, I mean, John Hinckley. Hinckley. Yeah, exactly. So, yeah, when, and, and she never said, like, someone kill the president for me. But I think she publicly came out, didn't she publicly came out against Ronald Reagan? I, I think that's know. true, yes. But, yeah, when a celebrity openly says that she wants to blow up the White House, then one of her followers might think, well, if I blow up the White House, then she'll love me because there's a lot of crazy yeah, people I think out there. there. There's a dangerous line when these celebrities come out and, you know, especially with Trump being president right now. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really amping up. Oh, it is. Absolutely. Yeah, because to uh, be fair, dangerous. he's a celebrity and there's a lot of people on that side, too, that are thinking. I don't. I don't think I've ever seen so much hate. No, never. Towards one pro- in the stuff that no, people say. But he needs to shut up. Well, yeah, I mean, he does he, need to shut up. You know, up. he's he's spouts his mouth and he says stupid things, but it's like, you know, I no matter what, you don't wish somebody dead. No, absolutely. But a lot not. of people now they do. That's how bad mm, they hate yeah, him, and it's, it's true. Ugh, it's it's almost scary. <laughs> yeah, I understand what you're saying. Um, Andy, will you look up a, a fact for me? Mm-hmm. Did Bruce Springsteen at one time say that his occupation was a farmer on his tax return? So I've heard that many times, and everybody tells me it's true, but he claimed his occupation was farmer on his tax return. Um, he has an... Organic farm in Jersey. I don't know if that's Jersey or New Jersey. He's not a farmer, It's New Jersey. But apparently he did get a tax break because of it. So he claimed, because somebody showed me a picture of the tax return, and it says occupation, and he put down farmer. I mean, come on. He gets a 98% tax exemption on non-residential property if you produce more than $500 in revenue on five acres or more, which isn't that much. No, it's not that much. $500 in revenue, that's like a tiny little, you know, field of anything that isn't corn, basically. Mm -hmm. How big is his uh, farm? Um, 8,000 acres. (laughs) Here we go. I I just... 
don't know. I, it's just anybody doing that that's a, that wealthy. I don't see any reason why you need to take that tax exemption. Well, you know, like if, if I were Bruce and I had a farm and I grew organic vegetables, what I would do, you know, since I'm well off, those are um, – I would take the – the crops and donate it to local food shelves you know not to make a profit on it but then yeah. then i would understand why he would take the tax break for that yeah, if you did that to, maybe he does do that i don't know but you know Clay, he could he's be not a farmer same with like george clooney i don't really agree with him politically but mm-hmm. he puts his money where his mouth is mm-hmm. his family yeah, his family ad- basically adopted a syrian refugee and took right. him in and right. gave him a life and got him um, I think he's, I'm not sure if he's a citizen yet, but they, um, I saw a documentary with, uh, David, um, Letterman that. Oh yeah. Yeah. Yep. And yep. I saw a completely different side of George Clooney that I didn't know existed because. The crazy side? No, it was a very oh. big humanitarian, you know, I mean, political, but he actually, um, like I said, puts his money where his mouth is and actually does something productive and positive, even though I don't agree with them fully. Mm-hmm. So I have no qualms with celebrities doing things like that. No, if you're helping people out. Oh, I mean, yeah. that's, and maybe that's what Bruce does, but he still should not have claimed his occupation as farmer. <laughs> yeah, he's got, I'm sorry. He's an artist. <laughs> yes, I mean, Bruce, born in the USA, Springsteen. That's exactly what I'm talking about, comes, Andy. And then he starts abusing the tax law. It's like, yeah. you, well, you're worse than anyone you're complaining about because... How many millions of dollars in taxes did you dodge? Oh, and he had to use that line, and go to fight the yellow man. Mm-hmm. Come on, man. Jesus. Whatever. But they all, they do love to ride that, that train where I'm all about defending whatever you believe in. Yes. Yeah. Okay. In a letter to the editor at his hometown paper, Springsteen complained that budget cutting is harming the poor and lower middle class. Well, hey, maybe if they had your tax money that you dodged. Yeah, maybe if they had that money, it would help them. Well, I mean, Governor are... Dayton was saying stuff like that, and then he, where did he do it? Yeah, nor- in North Dakota. Did he move all his money to North Dakota? South the t- Dakota. South, South Dakota. Dakota yeah. Target Bank in South Dakota. Yep. The tax breaks over there are better? Oh, they don't pay any state tax. Oh, so that's why he moved it over there? Oh, yeah. It could mm-hmm. save him about at least 100 grand a year. Yeah, but I Governor just, Dayton. They're so phony, and nobody cares about that. I know. Yeah. Why so does many anyone people, care that he did that? They don't care what a celebrity does. They no, just that's like, true. They'll listen to what they say and assume they believe it, even if they do something to the contrary. And they always do because they're always phony. Yeah, I just wish they would. If they're going to do that, then use the money to help other people who do need your help. I would say that. The only non-phony celebrities are Ringo Starr and Hugh Jackman. (laughs) That's it. Those are the two. That's the whole list. I love Hugh Jackman. Melissa, she she said that told me about how Hugh Jackman is like Mr. Family Man and did you know his wife is like significantly older than him? Yeah, he's a lot she's a lot older than him. Dave has a major boy crush on Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Oh, he does. <laughs> yeah. I couldn't watch that Barnum and Bailey or whatever. Oh, it was thing. a fantastic oh, movie. Oh, I can't watch it. It was kind of girly in a lot of ways. <laughs> oh, girly. Well, I watched it with Melissa, um, really? Greatest Showman. Yes, we yeah, love it. Showman and the soundtrack is phenomenal. And It wasn't bad. It was just very, you know. Girly. It was very I, musical-y. Yeah, it's a musical, but it was a really well done musical because mm-hmm. A lot of times when you're watching a music, you're like, this is a musical. But it didn't feel that way watching The Greatest Showman. Oh, it didn't at all? It felt like 
a performance, and that would be a great one to see, like on Broadway or right. you know, a live uh, uh, performance of it. I would definitely right. go see that if they were to put that on the road. They got married when Hugh was 28 and his wife, Deborah, was 41. 13 years. Yep. That's good for him. Yeah, 28 and 41 seems like such a big difference. Well, well Dave, Dave and I are 14 well, years apart. Yeah, well, Catherine yeah, and but I are eight years apart. Yeah. As you get older, She's a lot older than I large gaps matter <laughs> less. He lied. Because, like, t- 28 is like, it's not a kid but it's not really in a like full like established adult whereas i think of a 40 year old as like an established adult so it's like basically two different life stages yeah we'll see whereas you know in your late 30s marrying someone older i mean you're both adults you both have kids so yeah and and day see a lot of people think i'm much younger because i look a lot younger than i am yeah you do you look a lot younger. think i'm only like 24, 25. Right. Yeah, I can see that. You know, I'm not going to, you know, scoff at that. I'll take that as a compliment, but. um, Well, it is a compliment. uh, Yeah, we're not that that far apart in age, and Mm. I actually. um, 14 years. That's pretty far apart. (laughs) Pretty far apart, Cass. Well, I relate to his generation more than my own. (laughs) Yeah, that is true. Yeah, you do. Up in a household with baby boomer parents and my grandparents who were. Uh, World War Two. They were from the Depression era, so I grew up on all the pop culture, all that kind mm-hmm. of stuff, and right. the family dynamic as the generation before me. Yeah. So, because um, a lot of my friends that I grew up with, their parents were in their late twenties. Oh, I suppose. Early thirties. Yeah, yeah. My my uh, mom didn't have me till she was thirty one or thirty two. Mine too. So roughly. Yeah, and my right. dad was like thirty five. No. No. Oh, no, wait, she you met 26. mom when you were 31. That's what yes. it is. Yeah, so my parents had me later in life. <laughs> I don't know, whatever. Twice, she was 26 for you and, and uh, 28, 28 for Alex. For Alex. Well, well, hey, I mean, the age gap doesn't mean any. I mean, you can look at a four-year age gap, but if it's like 12 and 16, mm-hmm. that's a lot worse than 36 and 50, whatever. Yeah, that's true. And, yeah. and Dave, is he's very young at heart. So yeah, it's he like, yeah, he's he's very funny and playful. So it's a good dynamic that we have. And I don't look at him as being 14 years older than me. Yeah. I feel like we're on the same page all the time. Mm-hmm. I our... didn't know he was 75. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I, let me say this. I don't hate Bruce Springsteen. I love Born to Run. There are other songs I like by him as well. But I just, uh, I just hope that people like him don't keep talking about how they're for the common man, and then they take tax write-offs they don't really need. Yeah, I I see what you're saying. It's because you look at music as an escape. And yeah. when they start bringing all the stuff you're trying to escape from onto stage, it's like, don't ruin this for me. Yeah. Just shut up and please sing my favorite song. Which is Born to Run. My, that's not my <laughs> favorite Bruce song. What is? Um, well, I love Dancing in the Dark. Yeah, that's a good song. I agree with you. That is a good song. I love Secret Garden. I don't know that one. Oh, that was the one from Jerry Maguire. That is that he the won? one, is that the that one about one. going through puberty when you're a young lady or whatever? Oh, no. That song is weird because it's almost... Sounds like a pedophile in the beginning. What is it? That, yeah, it's something like... Song, um, it's something like Secret... Like, yeah. No, that wasn't Secret Garden. You're thinking uh, the beginning is, Hey, little girl, is your daddy home? Did he go and leave you all alone? 
What? Oh, it's called I'm on Fire. That's the song. Oh, I'm on fire. Yeah. I hate that song. No, and then another really good song. Oh, yeah. Wow. Did he go away and leave you all alone? I got a bad desire. Oh, (laughs) my God. Jeez. Yeah, it it just. Yeah, you start with, hey, little girl, and then start talking about how you want to have sex with her. It's like. Yeah, in the beginning, if you don't. Pay attention to the rest of the lyrics. It sounds very like, oh God, what is he singing about? <laughs> you what the hell are you got? I mean, it even I with a bad desire. Even oh, in context, oh, oh, you know, you, it goes straight from "Hey, little girl, is your daddy home?" right to talking about sex. So yes, it's it like does. it's not like it's out of context. Yeah, but I think he's he's just talking about you know it's a. A girl that's of age, but when you say little girl, you're thinking of and like. Is your daddy home? Yeah. Yeah. It's if I like... ever called Catherine my little girl, she'd punch me right in the face. <laughs> I guarantee you that. Mm. I get socked right in the mush if I called her my little girl. Yeah. Yeah, not happening. Yeah, not but there, happening. yeah, there's a lot of good Bruce songs. There and, are. Yeah. Dave... Dancing in the Dark is a really good song. Yeah, like that. that was filmed here in St. Paul. That's the video. Is that the one that's in Footloose? No. Is that, the, is that the one where he calls what's her name up on stage? Mm-hmm. Yeah, Courtney what, Cox. Courtney Cox. Yeah, there you go. That was that over at the Civic Center. I believe so. I think that's right. Yeah. Like Roy Wilkins or Civic Center or something. One of those deals over there like that. Yeah, I, I, I don't. You know, there are very, very few people, and I guess I could go with the Beatles and Jimi Hendrix and those acts that I liked every song they did. So, yeah, I mean, there are a lot of people I really, really like. You liked Revolution Number 9? Number 9? Number 9? I don't hear any Beatles in that one, even though it was on their White Album. It's like, good God, what a horrible song. You liked Simply Having a Wonderful Christmas Time? That's not the Beatles, that's Paul McCartney. Ah. All the bad ones are Paul? Mm, Well... No. Let's see, worst Beatles songs. He did that when he was with Wings, right? Yes. Sun King? What's that? From Abbey Road. Oh, Sun King. That's a cute little song. It's not a really a song. It's kind of a song, but not really. Two it's and a cute. half minutes long? That's yeah. It's a cute little thing. Everybody's trying to be my baby. Everybody's trying to be my baby now. Dig yeah. it. Don't bother me. Maggie Mae. Boys. Come give Murdine a hand. That's come. I want to hold your hand. Yeah, come in, give me your hand. Or, in German. Is in, in German, yeah. Because Wild they, honey pie, flying... And, of course, Revolution Number 9, but number nine. I haven't heard of any of those. Number 9? Would you say you like all of those songs? No, I yeah. do not. You made a point. You made a very <laughs> good point. No, I do not like most yeah, of those Some songs. of the Beatles stuff can be very abstract. Well, they've yeah, made... that's true. They have, I mean, yeah, they have 213 songs. So oh they pumped God. out a lot of music. We will be right back. Tom Bernard Show. Tom Bernard here to tell you, Priority Courier Experts has immediate openings for drivers looking for more. Priority drivers are independent contractors who set their own hours, start from their own driveways, and deliver local on-call parcels and freight, which means you're home for dinner every night, and you get paid weekly. Right now, Priority's driver-friendly lease-to-own program has brand-new dock trucks, flatbeds, curtain sides, and tractor trailers just waiting to be driven home. And Priority is also offering a $4,000 sign-on bonus to qualified drivers. So if you've got the skills, we can get you qualified to start driving a brand new truck in as little as three days. Calling all drivers. Come get the $4,000 sign-on bonus you deserve for all the knowledge and experience you bring to the delivery business. Call Roger or Eddie right now at 651-748-4477 or 
Visit them online at Priority.com. Priority Courier Experts. Every time you call us, we deliver. Let's talk about good things. Does your car work? You got a roof over your head? You got kids, parents, a spouse who loves you, or a mate? These are the good things you have because you live in America, the country that has more immigration than any other nation on earth. You have these things because the U.S. military stands at a wall and protects you from any person or thing that would take them away from you. The entire volunteer military that stands at the ready just in case. The greatest fighting force ever known on planet earth. Every person serving in our military is ready to lay down their life for your freedom, and all too often, they do. I'm the executive director of the Gold Star Ride Foundation, an organization set up to do just one thing, take care of families left behind when one of our brave fighters loses their life for you. We're riding motorcycles throughout the country to achieve this purpose, and you can help. Go to goldstarride.org and make a donation or learn where we are so you can come and ride with us. It's a small thing we do. It was a huge thing that they did. Goldstarride.org. That's goldstarride.org. Make a donation today. There it is. It's the only rap song I like. <laughs> it is. I can see you jam into the car in this. California knows how to party. I do. And he's just proud of, of being where he's from. Yeah. That's what I like about it. it. It's pride in your neighborhood and the town in which you grew up. It's a very positive song. And mm-hmm. Hardly any rap songs are positive. Yeah, probably yeah that's true. Well, MC Hammer had some positive ones. I liked him, too. I I, I loved MC Hammer. I was a huge Hammer fan. Hammer time. Oh, yeah. I was, I was hammer timing all over the house when I came out. <laughs> I would, well, that's great to know. I would take black. My, my dad got so mad because I would take the black um, lawn bags, mm-hmm. and you know how they have the cinch strap. Oh yeah, so, so I put make your those own on as suspenders, <laughs> and I would put a, make holes for my feet, and I would hammer time in the house. What's wrong with that? With a lawn bag on. <laughs> no problem. Works for me. We were talking about unreleased music during the break. Have you ever heard Michael Jackson's uh, test run of Billie Jean? Like yes, while, it sounds while he, horrendous. While he was still writing it. Oh, it's really? interesting to hear his process. Turn up. It says, the title says he's drunk, but he's not drunk. Oh, he says he's drunk. Really? <laughs> was he on that Jesus juice? Yeah, Jesus. the Jesus juice, that's right. Oh, I still have it muted. That's the problem. Yeah, let's not uh-huh. mute Kicking stuff in the phones, I need it. <laughs> More bottom and kicking the phones. More bottom and kicking the phones. That's how he actually talks. I know. I was. He starts like. He just starts like making noises. What is he doing? He's just like. Putting random lyrics in. Yeah. From the whips to the wine. Yeah, he's just it's, saying things to see if they fit. When he was saying some, put more. What was he saying? Put more kick in the phones. In the that head, means he wants more bass. In the headphones. That yeah. reminds me. Did you ever see that Dave Chappelle skit where he was a rap artist? Oh god. And he's phenomenal. in the booth, and the whole rap song is, uh, "Turn my headphones up." <laughs> <laughs> I love Dave Chappelle. I wish that show had never... Uh, well, again, it was people like Al Sharpton and Jesse Jackson had bitched at him so much that he was embarrassed. You're making white people laugh at us. It's uh, like, yeah, because not... I'm a comedian. 
And Why? then he fled to Africa. Yeah, and then, yeah he went to Africa because his mother died or something, didn't she? I think his mother died, and he took it really, really hard. Yeah. Uh, yeah, Dave, Ch- Dave Chappelle was incredible. Uh, that's and Neil so... right with him, Neil Brennan, fantastic. I, I Yeah, I mean, I don't know how his show would go, how it would be perceived in today's climate. I mean, uh, you know, to me, when I look at stereotypes, it's almost it, what it is, is trying to take a negative and turning it into a positive thing. And plus the fact, stereotypes are funny anyway. They are. About white people or whomever. You know, you funny. have, I mean, you have negative stereotypes. Mm-hmm. But, you know, saying, like, uh, Hispanic people are lazy. They take siestas. You know, or, yeah, what something like that. But it's like he would take things like that and turn it into a joke, you know. Absolutely. Instead of seething and being angry about something, turn it around and laugh about it. And then it doesn't, it takes away the power that it has. Look, Richard Pryor, when I was a teenager, came out with some great albums I guess I might have been in my 20s, early 20s, but I don't know. I think I was still a teenager. But he came out, the difference between black people and white people. And it was funny as hell. Mm-hmm. It's like the black black father would come home and go, what are we having for dinner tonight? We're going to have sex tonight? Damn right we're going to have sex tonight. Uh, you better cut that meat down to the bone, girl. You know, he's doing <laughs> that. And this is white people. So, darling, uh, I got home a little early. I was wondering, is it possible? Uh, can we have intercourse this evening? <laughs> oh, we can't? What the heck? You know, it's funny as hell. Exactly. It's very I negative, mean, but it's funny. There's, you know, white stereotypes all the time, especially with white women saying oh, they have God, yes. flat butts. Um, you know, yeah, or white guys can't flat dance, flat. which they right. can't. <laughs> which they can't. It's true. But, you know, it, the, okay, you can look at it and be angry and mad about it or just laugh it off. And I think what Dave was doing, he was taking it and taking that power of hatred away from yep, it. Yep. And people weren't getting that. I just loved when what it was like if a, if a black person wins the lottery. It's yes. hilarious. And you had Donnell Rollins roll up in, he a, is phenomenal. in a semi-truck full of cool cigarettes. The cool cigarettes. Got the semi full of cools. The, that's where the I'm rich bitch came from. I'm yep. rich bitch. Yep. I tell you what, Donnell Rollins is really, really funny. Really funny. Yes. Just let it go. Let them tell jokes. Are we going to end up in a world that that there's no humor allowed whatsoever because somebody's always the victim of humor? That's the goal. Oh, God. All of this stuff. The only real complaints I hear about stereotypes that make any sense beyond, like, you know, nebulous concepts. Yeah. It hurts the whole race. Yeah, it doesn't. Uh, The only thing I ever hear that makes sense is people being upset that like you know a kid will come up to them and say oh do you actually like fried chicken but it's like you know kids are dumb they're gonna say dumb things plus the fact i love fried chicken watermelon and mashed potatoes I, it's my favorite meal well, what but it's is, like you know i'm a poor i was a poor kid of course that's what i like if your problem in life is a, every once in a while a kid comes up to you and asks if you actually if you play basketball or something How it's about like what you did when you were like three years old what did i do Catherine's buddy, we're out to dinner with her, and she had unfortunately oh, she lost her legs in a boating accident. Uh-huh. Andy's under the table looking for her legs. <laughs> like, good God, Andrew! Well, the fact that her legs were gone wasn't really a stereotype. He was trying no, to help. It was yeah, he was trying to help her. I was trying to locate him. But um, yeah, I, if you can't take a joke, then you're one sick mm-hmm. human being. Take a joke for God's well, sake. Well, I think I think if people 
injected humor into every aspect of life, we wouldn't have the issues we have today amongst each other. I don't think there's other. any question. I don't think there's any question about that. Used to be great humor out there, and now most comedians are not funny in the least. Because they don't let them be. No, because everybody wants to be a victim and and be offended by uh, everything. I'm so offended. Hurt. I'm so hurt. Yeah. Uh, I just want to do an open mic and just go up there and be like, I'm offended that you're offended, and drop the mic and walk off stage. Right. Because that's pretty yeah. much how it has to be now. Pretty much. Yeah. Here's something you'll be offended by, though. I can guarantee you that. Wells Fargo says a company mistake contributed to hundreds of foreclosures because it miscalculated customers' eligibility for mortgage modifications. Mm-hmm. These people lost their houses because of a mathematical error. Really? Mm-hmm. The bank said in a filing Friday the error caused about 625 customers to be denied or not offered loan modifications they otherwise qualified for. Foreclosures were completed in about 400 of the cases. The customers had been using federal programs that help families at risk of losing homes. Spokesman Tom Goida, he's got a Goida? Thank you very much. Great to be here. Uh, says there's no breakdown of where the foreclosures occurred. The, yes, there is. Of course there is a breakdown of where the foreclosures occurred. They don't just, oh, we didn't uh, write that one down. Oh, you lie. The error in the bank's underwriting tool lasted from 2010 until it was fixed five years later. Well, so it's been fixed for three years. Why is it in the news now? Yeah, why is it? Because they never admitted it before. Per Reuters, where the error was first reported, Wells Fargo said it had set aside $8 million this year to help the affected customers. This new headache merely adds to the pain Wells Fargo's felt since a scandal first erupted around its retail sales practices. That led to the opening of millions of fake accounts for customers without their authorization in order to meet unrealistic quotas. I have been asking Wells Fargo to shut down an account I have with them for about four years now. (laughs) And it's still every month. I still get it. I called them. I said, shut this down. I don't want it. You know, but they keep sending it. So I just ignore it now. And eventually they'll end up suing me, I suppose. But you won't do what I ask you to do. I've asked you several times to shut it down. Whatever. Uh, in an unrelated settlement announcement uh, announced just this month, Wells Fargo agreed to pay $2.1 billion to settle allegations it misrepresented the types of mortgages it sold to investors during the housing bubble that ultimately led to the 2008 financial crisis. That was just about every bank in America, wasn't it? Yeah. I just, I don't really understand that whole, why the federal government, Wall Street, and the big banks, and it was the big banks that did it, why they ever allowed that to happen, I, I, and how there's, didn't one guy go to prison for that whole thing? One guy. I know a lot of people didn't. Uh, yeah, because they, what was, because a lot of those large corporations on Wall Street, they were buying mortgage-backed securities. Yes. And so there was a lot of money to be made by, you know, just pounding out these mortgages and oh, letting yeah, them go into foreclosure. No, you're right. And they made so much money. Because... So basically betting against the system that you rig in the first place. Exactly. And it How is that bit allowed? them in the butt. Yeah, I, I don't know. I don't know why they did that. I Maybe they were just trying to follow, follow a trend that they thought that they can make bank on and it blew up in their face. Yeah. I don't know. I think I it was less malicious than people assume because if you, you look so? if you look at the economy prior to the collapse in 2008 it was growing so quickly that people assumed like 
All right, well, like, end, yeah. I can't afford my mortgage now, technically, but I've been getting a $10,000 raise every year for the past five years, so in the future, you know, when it comes time, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, but then, like, you know, half of the country was banking on having money later rather than now, so no one could pay now, and that caused a collapse. Isn't that terrible? They shouldn't have been... Well, they shouldn't have been... They shouldn't have asked for those loans, but they also shouldn't have been approved for those loans. No, they should not have been. No one really... Everyone was trying to uh, bet on the future. And if everyone's living in the future, then the present, you know, kind of collapses. Well, you're absolutely right about that. i got to read this because it's a very positive story. (laughs) What do you know? If you dig deeply enough, you can find positive stories. A supermarket employee in Louisiana who went viral for letting a young customer with autism help him stock the store shelves has now been gifted a $100,000 college tuition. Mm. When Jordan Taylor, who works at Rouse's Market in Baton Rouge, uh, noticed Jack Ryan watching him refill the coolers, he offered to show him what to do. Uh, In a video taken by Jack Ryan's dad and shared on Facebook by his sister, Delaney Edwards Alwasabi, said uh, Jack Ryan and Taylor can be seen working together to put milk and juice on the shelves. Talk about a stand-up young man. Al Wasaibi uh, wrote about Taylor. We all know autism makes going out difficult, and sometimes grocery stores can be a challenge. This young man took the time to slow down and allow Jack to help for over 30 minutes, guiding him as he finished his task. So, you know, there are tons of those stories out there, but you kind of have to dig for them. You know what I mean? Well, uh, I wanted to publicly... uh, Oh, yeah. yeah. Let's talk about Um, it. If people follow uh, my husband, Dave, on social media and stuff, over the weekend, uh, my stepdaughter, his daughter, Ripley, who is a type 1 diabetic, uh, fell really ill, and we almost lost her Saturday night. She was rushed to to Children's Hospital with... DKA, which is diabetic ketoacidosis. Mm -hmm. And what that means is that her blood became acidic to the point where it was like poisoning her body. And uh, she is now recovering well. She's still at the hospital. She's doing wonderful. She's pulling through. We're hoping there's no long-term effects for this, but her labs are coming back good. So, uh, Dave and I wanted to publicly thank all the listeners, Tom's show, his show. They've been pulling together. Um, people do, like, prayer circles and things mm-hmm. like that. And, you know, Dave and I fully believe in the power of prayer and collective thinking. Yeah, collective and, thinking. Absolutely. Yeah, if you don't want to pray, but at least collective thinking or put positive and healing vibes out there, however you do it. Um but yeah, we it was a scary, scary moment, especially when you're a parent of a diabetic. Um, it's constantly changing, mm-hmm. you know. Especially right now, as a child, her body's constantly changing, so it's it's a battle all the time, changing numbers, um, making adjustments, and um, a lot of children, especially within the first couple of years of diagnosis, they go through these things. And so, if you're a parent. Or know of a child that's in your family that has type 1 diabetes, research it, study up on it, look for signs that there might be. Because we thought she just had a stomach bug. 
Yeah, yeah. And that wasn't the case. And we wish we would have caught it sooner. But, you know, it's a lesson learned, and we have to be more diligent now and understand what the symptoms are if she is becoming ill and what to do. But she's going to be fine now, right? Right now, she's pretty much out of the woods. She's still, it's it's a little bit touch and go up and down in numbers and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. But she's recovering well. Um, We're hoping she can come home within the next day or two. Mm -hmm. And, uh, yeah, but it was pretty scary. And, um, but we're, you know, trying to stay strong for her. And I can't imagine being an 11-year-old kid having to go through this. Yeah, it's got to be you know. very difficult. Catherine pointed it out last night, and I uh, texted Dave, and Catherine uh, I talked to him, I, I believe, as well. And when I woke up this morning, I didn't know what to expect. Yeah. Because it was pretty bad last night still. Yeah, her numbers started climbing back up there right. again, and she was having a fever and stuff. But her, bo- her body basically just went through a marathon, Yeah, you know, and uh, she's really tired all the time right now, and she's in and out of sleep. And- in ketoacidosis, the body starts consuming muscle tissue yeah. instead of fat so oh, yeah so right. her muscles are damaged and need time to recover yeah because what happens is you get that uh blood pill uh the blood sugar um builds up in your in your blood and it becomes acidic and that's what happens with type 1 diabetics and i think it happens with type 2 if you don't control it but type 1's a little bit trickier and difficult to mm-hmm. maintain and uh manage so I really like the fact that you found out how many people really do deeply care about you. So that's a good thing. Yes, people have been so generous have. and yeah. giving all their thoughts and prayers. And but I just wanted to, you know, have people updated that she's doing better, and we'll keep updating people. Sounds good. Thanks very much. We'll talk to you tomorrow, Tom Bernard Show.